0: Welcome into the Cone Zone. I am your host, Sam Cone, and joining me today is a good friend, Eileen Wickline. With a growing narrative surrounding, quote-unquote, fun leagues and not-so-fun leagues, we talk a little bit about what those mean and what separates professional sports leagues from one another. But before we can get into all that, Marty, you know what to do. All right, this is, uh, this is an oldie, but, uh, well, it's an oldie where I come from. All right, guys. Uh, listen, this is a blues riff, and B, watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Eileen, you might be the busiest person I've ever met, but I'm glad we could find some time to get you into the WHIP studio for another episode of The Cone Zone. Eileen Wickline, welcome. How are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. Sorry I'm so busy. You know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta grind it out before you graduate, so that's what I'm doing.
0: I love it. So, alright, first question. Before we get into it, you're a huge New York sports fan across the board. As someone... How could you tell? I, I, need, <laughs> I, need, I need some advice. As someone coming from Boston to the Philly sports media scene, how, what's it been like to, co- to only think about and talk about New York sports to all Philly sports?
1: Well, I've been in Philly since about 2005, I guess. So it's been a while. And... I kinda just stuck really strong in my roots. I'm a pretty stubborn person in every other aspect of my (laughs) life, so I really was stubborn. I didn't change. My dad is a diehard New York fan, as anyone can tell you, um, probably even more than I am, just because he lives longer than I am. But um, you just really have to be stubborn. It is, and you have to be okay with kind of hearing about Philadelphia teams. You don't have to be a fan of it, but like if you're gonna intern or work, in the Philadelphia sports media scene, you just have to tolerate it at that point. And oh, I hear enough
0: of Ray like to talk about the Sixers.
1: Yeah, see, I've kind of gotten into, not a fan of Philly sports, but kind of just following it just because of everyone in the station. Sure, sure. And everyone just like that I've interned with or worked with in my past four years at Temple. But really my advice, um, I mean, you are a Boston fan, but it's fine. <laughs> um, don't be obnoxious about it because... I've learned the hard way. Just not. How can I not? We have twelve well, championships. No, oh, I'm, no. okay. I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. Well, stay. Just stay. Kind of not quiet about it, but just don't rub it in people's faces. Cause people get it. We both come from winning, t- winning cities. <laughs> we do. Sure. And Philly fans don't like to hear that. But if you just kind of like nod your head, I still wear my jerseys out to Philly sporting events. So, really, that's all I gotta say. Just be stubborn and just be stubborn in your beliefs.
0: So, Eileen, this is a conversation we've had before, and there's definitely a growing narrative around professional sports as to what makes a professional sports league fun across the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, the NHL, and we can even throw in collegiate athletics, you know, Temple basketball, Temple football here, and high D1 programs. So very generally on more of a surface level, what do you think makes a sports league fun? What brings it to that next level of, like, interesting from a fan perspective beyond the game?
1: I think just generally, especially in today's society, in today's media landscape, it's really the content you're producing, either whether it be, like, on social media, media or be it even on TV. I mean, you see uh, self-shameless self plug for my internship, NBC Sports. Not only Philadelphia, but Boston too and the Bay Area and Washington. They're kind of moving towards the future, I think, a sports media with um, the my teams app. Do they have that in Boston? Do they have that in so. Boston? Yeah, teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the my teams app which kind of creates a unique and um, one-of-a-kind kind of experiences to those teams that you may not get like it's really just the whole thing I think about sports media is you want as a sports media personality you want to give your audience something that they can't get you know what I'm saying so like when we cover the basketball games or when we cover the football games we're posting this the press conferences you're talking to your friend's name in <laughs> the big three in the locker room and it's something that a normal average student or a normal average fan can't get. And that's, I think, having exciting content is really what makes a team exciting.
0: So that's a big part of like what separates, you know, the, back to that idea of the narrative of what's fun. The NBA is said to be the fun league. Oh, 100%. The MLB is said to be the old man's league that's going in the complete opposite direction. But the question is, can they kind of bounce back from that? And the NFL is sort of somewhere in the middle if you look at the spectrum of the three Player recognition is huge. Definitely. Uh, in terms of getting to know your player as you were talking about that content mm-hmm. idea. Because um, the NFL with guys with helmets, you just don't get that same effect. You have more, a lot more personality and it feeds into more pop culture. Yeah. And then you have this idea of the all-star game. There's a lot that goes into it. So... Before we kind of get into those professional leagues, and well, if we could start with college basketball, college football, how do you think college sports differ from professional sports in terms of, in terms of the entertainment value, the experience, the enjoyment?
1: College is definitely harder for a player recognition standpoint just because of the whole—you can't you have to be an amateur sure. to be a college athletic. I think Temple Football does well, or Jeff Collins' era college football—Temple um, Football did well with the branding of the Twitter names on the back during the spring game. I mean, you weren't a student at that time, sure. but they had the— Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, during the Cherry and White game for Temple Football last year, Jeff okay. Collins let them put their Twitter handles— on the back of their jerseys. You know, the um, the get-the-ball board that they had on the sideline where they write their Instagram or Twitter handle. It was basically the same concept, but on the back of their jerseys. That's sweet. So when it was covered, they got to kind of promote themselves in the non-monetary way. Mm -hmm. So I think college athletics, it's kind of hard. Obviously, you have these big players like Zion Williamson, for example, on Duke. Um, It is a little much—it's a little harder, though, to kind of market these guys just because— they can't get monetary value. They can't get sponsorship deals. Um, but I think college athletics itself as a league, I'll call it, because it's a league in yeah, itself.
0: Yeah, the NCAA.
1: Is really, it's fun for people who go to that school. Like, we don't mm-hmm. find Alabama football fun because we're not Alabama people. Sure. We find, I find Temple football fun, but it's I think it's harder than a professional league to kind of draw fans in because college athletics really aren't that big anywhere but, a place like the South for college football. And college basketball has this st- uh, following because of the March Madness. But besides that, it's just, it's way harder for the college f- athletics standpoint.
0: I have a minor growing theory about what kind of separates these college athletics uh-huh. from um, professional athletics, which I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. So obviously... In college athletics there's a different end goal. Yeah. In professional sports, I don't want to say there are a lot, but there are players that go to job that go to their jobs, they do their work and they get paid these huge salaries and that's really it. There are guys that want to want to win championships. Everybody thinks they want to win championships or says they do, uh-huh. whatever, but there are professional athletes that are just in it for the money. It's their job. They love to yeah. play the game and it's their job. In college, kind of shifting gears is less I don't, I don't want to word this weird, but there's less people. There's more of a sense of exclusivity. No,
1: I know what you're saying. Within
0: college athletics. Like when in, when you go to a, the Cameron Indoor Arena, you don't get that anywhere else. You are on top of it, and there's only a select number of people. The gyms are a lot smaller. It's like I was at this Duke basketball game. I was at this Temple basketball yeah. game. There's almost an exclusivity because there's so many more teams you have less of a community to relate to, and that makes you feel like, a, like one step above in terms of a fan perspective and interest level. I
1: agree. And generally, it's pretty accessible for people to go to these games. While you exclude teams like these elite teams that do char- upcharge for their tickets, mm-hmm. you can go to a Temple basketball game if you're not a student for about 10 bucks. It's a money
0: thing at the end of the day.
1: At the end of the day, it is a money thing. But I agree with you. I think it's the exclusivity, and especially I think that watching these college basketball. I always have said that I like college basketball better than the better than the NBA, just because you can tell these guys are playing for the love of the game, mm-hmm. for the most part. I, I think that, they love of the game, and
0: they also have a they have a goal. They have down an end goal of getting
1: there. But like even like I don't know. I feel like Big East basketball is a good example of like. A lot of these guys may not go to the league. They're just in it because they love they love basketball and they loved mm-hmm. basketball their whole life. They do want to get to the league, but a lot of them know in the back of their mind yeah. that may not be the most most plausible way.
0: And the NBA is obviously on a huge spectrum. There's, you know, thousands and thousands of fans at these games, but there is nothing like the environment of a packed college gym. You know, when you go to these Temple basketball games, whatever whatever high D1 school, the lights are flashing, the fans are going crazy, especially in a in a huge game. The environment is nuts, and you don't necessarily get that in a regular season NBA game.
1: Definitely. Come
0: playoff every time. Every game
1: every game for a college basketball schedule is in a way a must win because you're you're chipping away at trying to get that tournament bid. I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked we talk about it about Temple basketball. Don't let the bubble pop. Don't let pop. the bubble pop. But I agree. I think it's like it's kind of like a fanfare thing, and I think that, um, I I don't know. I, I think I've always liked college basketball better, but like NBA is very exciting to follow, and I think that the way that the NBA, I I, I know we were talking about NBA Twitter, the way that that's marketed is like I think is so like legendary and so like genius. That's I couldn't what agree I was more.
0: For. So, the NBA is. It is fun because you have the media releasing all this content. You have NBA Twitter, you have personalities on a 15 man roster that separates it from the NFL. You get to know these guys on a on a much clo- uh, closer basis. You're closer to the game as a fan. You're on top of them when you're sitting courtside or wherever. And even the GMs are becoming a lot more recognizable when you have guys like Mark Cuban sitting on the bench, or Danny Ainge, or Magic Johnson.
1: Who's the one that, he? I don't know if he's a GM, he played in the celebrity game on Friday. The Bucks, the guy from the Bucks. Oh, he's the
0: assistant GM, I think. Assistant he's a, GM. He's in the front office for the he's Bucks. He's always
1: in that celebrity game.
0: And you, guys, when you have these guys playing in the celebrity game, it takes it to a new level of
1: facial yeah, recognition. You can also watch Mark Cuban like every night on CNBC because Shark Tank always plays on it. <laughs> That's always like a go-to. Like, you know, like you're scrolling through, there's no good games on, there's no good TV on, you don't want to go to Netflix again. So I watch Shark Tank. I'll sit there and watch Shark Tank for three hours.
0: So the MLB, what is it that takes them a step back when you have nine guys on the field with facial recognition?
1: I we I had this conversation with um, I think Andrew Kent last year. We were talking. Shout with, out Andrew Kent. Great shout guy. out Andrew Kent. Um, we were saying uh, besides like the big guys, besides like um, a Derek Jeter, a David Ortiz, a uh, even Mike Trout, even uh, Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> um, besides the big name baseball players. Do you think you could I mean remove the Red Sox from Sure. It? Do you think I mean remove teams you kind of follow? Yeah, yeah. Do you think you could point out the third baseman from the Arizona Cardinals? Not a chance. That's exactly it. It's especially and I we could go into that with NFL too. There's so many people on a baseball roster. There's so many people on an NFL roster. And I always say that I think that the MLB you're only a really big fan of the MLB if you're our age, if your parents grew you up on it yep i grew up so close to yankee stadium before i moved to philadelphia that yankees the yankees were in my blood before i even was born mm-hmm. and i'm still my dad and i it's still living my dad and i do we're going to open a day to, together so like
0: big news coming out of philly big baseball. news
1: i lead what client is going to yankees opening day <laughs> i'm so excited i haven't been since 2011
0: so yeah you as you were saying you the mlb is rooted in parents it's a generational thing it's said to become becoming an old man's game so the question is how does that get passed down who does that get passed down through and does the end does the MLB still rem, uh, does it remain interesting personally I hate hearing that the MLB is too slow I too hate boring that. and I'll tell you exactly why I'm a baseball
1: purist so
0: and the MLB is different from every other sport because there's no clock it goes it's you know it's likely going to go anywhere from two and a half hours to three and a half hours but it could go longer it could go shorter depending on the pace of play. But at the end of the day, the thing about going to a baseball game is it is absolute best-case scenario to go – and it goes into extra innings, or it goes long. Free baseball. It's free baseball. You're getting more of the sport. It's like, do you want to go to the NBA and have it end? Do you want to go to a basketball game and have it end early? Do you want to go to a football game and have Mm -mm. it end early? If you're watching the game, the goal is to get more of the sport. If you think that baseball is too boring or too slow, you're asking for less of the sport, and that's ridiculous to me. And
1: also, I like to think of it, when I go to a sporting event, it's like a night, or it's a day for me. Like I'm going, to, I'm going to Sixers Heat on Thursday.
0: Make a day out of I'm it. I'm
1: making a day out of it. We're me, I'm meeting my friends down at Xfinity Live at like four thirty in the afternoon. I'm making a day out of it. When I go to Yankees games up in New York, it's a day. I go up to New York at like eight o'clock in the morning, and it's all Yankees from eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> until the end of the game.
0: You're waking up and you're throwing on that Yankees jersey. My Aaron
1: Judge, gray, uh, gray and navy jersey. You cares. don't have the pinstripes. I have a pinstripe um, Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter jersey. They're a little small though. <laughs> my Aaron Judge is my newest. So um anyway, I I never got the like that's what I'm saying when I go to a baseball st- when I go to a baseball game I make a date out. Of it. Even if even if I go to a Phillies game. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to just like kind of like just like be. I think
0: the 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 thing that separates the MLB from other professional leagues, the NFL, the NBA and the NHL is the environment. There's nothing like the environment of being in a baseball stadium whether that's yankee stadium or fenway park there's or so wherever. much
1: history it's- come on <laughs> i've never been to fenway Park, but i want to go that i almost went i, I you don't want
0: to pack your can Harvard have yard walk over to fenway park you and know get a,
1: I, I get did a I, fenway frank did i tell you that when me vince dan and irish went up for the temple boston college game that was the weekend that the Yankees were playing the Sox at Fenway. And you didn't get
0: tickets. I had
1: Vince called this close to paying, buying, pay, pressing pay on StubHub. <laughs> and it's a whole other story why we didn't go. I'll tell you that at another sure. time and date. Sure. But I wanted to go so bad. Like, the tickets were not that expensive. I mean, they were expensive, but, yeah. like, it's Yankees, it's- Red Sox at Fenway. <laughs> oh, my God. The end of September? I- I'm i still mad There's I didn't go. There's nothing better. I'm still mad I didn't go.
0: Um. So— Going through, in my notes I have the question, are the rarity of fights in baseball good for the sport? But I want, I want to kind of go off script a little. Are the, are the rarity of fights in any sport good or bad for the entertainment value and for the fun of the league? You know, the NHL, it's becoming a more and more common thing, but they break it up here and there. The NBA, you have guys like Brandon Ingram running across the court to throw haymakers at Chris Paul or whomever. And then in the MLB, you have, you have Joe Kelly... Uh, taking, <laughs> taking shots, um, or you have guys fighting at the plate.
1: Sam and I are st- not talking after the rest April, the Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I mean once baseball season starts, we're we're cutting all communication. I'll, I'll take it. So
0: are there, are the are fights good, bad, or indifferent for professional sports?
1: It depends what sport. That's what I say. Uh, obviously, hockey. I'd love to see it. Um, baseball. I like it in in. Um, Oh my God! What word am I looking for? In a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what word I'm looking for. Um. So I like it. In like small doses. Small doses. Yeah. Um. Moderation. In That's moderation. the word I was looking Boom. for. Um. Love the Yankees Red Sox rivalry fights. I think those will. I don't. Those should never go out of style. But like, why are you gonna pick a fight in like an April game, on like a Sunday afternoon? Sure. Like postseason or like end of September, I mean, I'm here for it. Basketball. Sometimes I just think they're babies, but
0: that's the other thing that makes a league fun and interesting is to see the players that you're rooting for or see any player find that just fire in their eyes yeah, and really get into it. Yeah, I want to see the
1: passion. I think yeah. that I think that personally for myself, I see baseball. I see more passion in baseball than I do in like uh, NBA. Mm-hmm. because like I said I think that the NBA you said these guys are just going to their job and getting the money a lot of them are like that you do see a lot of passion in a lot of NBA players I sure. will say that but the majority I think that baseball is very a very very passionate sport I think that if you're you're devoting your life to baseball you devote your life to baseball yeah in terms of I have friends who've played baseball since we were like six years old and they're still devoted to baseball and they're not even playing baseball the sport is full livelihood. time a livelihood it is yeah, much more than a game they're not even playing the sport full time anymore they're coaching they're working here they're, they're the other place but I don't know. I just think that baseball is always going to be in some, it's always in somebody's blood, whether it be a fan wise or a player wise.
0: So you, you do see fights across the NFL here and there. You see it a little more in the MLB. In the NBA, it's becoming, I don't want to say more prevalent, but you do get a little bit of bad blood, which is fun to see um, in certain players. Like Joel Embiid has said that he wants to go out every night and convince you. He, he has that mindset of, I want to ruin you. You it, know, it's almost like he wants to go he out there. He falls
1: under the player who has passion yeah I think- it's
0: it's almost like he goes out there every night looks at the guy standing across from him and says i want to make you think you're not good at basketball anymore or there are guys like kobe bryant with the quote-unquote mamba mentality michael jordan who will trash talk you until you're dead kobe bryant can trash talk you in five different languages
1: yeah i think that like i say the i say those those guys all fall under, pa- mm-hmm. fall under the passion thing I, I think that the like anthony Davis's the balls of the world yep they kind of annoy me just because like if you love this sport so much, why are you complaining about the team you're on? I know sure. I get it, the whole winning thing, I do, yeah. I get it. But
0: You also have a lower level of guys that like want to get in the face of an upper level guy. I can't remember yes. the specific player... Um, but there was a guy that reached on James Harden and touched his beard, but he's trying to put the clamps on James Harden because he knows James Harden's the best one-on-one player in the league, and he's trying to, you know, he wants to be the guy to step up and say, I want to take on the guy who everybody says can't be guarded, can't be stopped. I want to be that guy. And him and James Harden got in each other's face. You kind of like to see the guy that's a little bit lower in the totem pole fight with that passion and not just be the guy that goes out there to earn his money.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. I think that the passion needs to be there. Football, I think in the NFL, you see it too, but a lot of I, I don't know. I just have such a loyalty to baseball for some reason. I I guess that's just how I grew up.
0: So let's let's talk about the NFL. The NFL has kind of gone. I feel like they've gone back and forth, especially within these last three seasons, because we've seen suppression and we've seen growth in terms of the NFL wanted to limit any kind of touchdown dance. They want you to just and go I don't like and do that. nothing. But in the, in the last year or so, they've redacted that rule and now letting touchdown dances be whatever. They're suppressing guys like Colin Kaepernick wanting to, be, wanting to voice their opinions and be activists, whereas the NBA uh, encourages that, and they've suppressed that.
1: I think it boils down to the commissioner, too. Obviously, we, we all know Roger Goodell has his downfall, Has his history, yep. Um, I think Adam Silver is a great commissioner. I think that he's probably the best one in sports, I'd say.
0: Um, look, watching this NFL season, there was one very specific game that the po- that an idea popped in the back of my head was like, is the NFL becoming fun again? And that was the Monday night game between the Rams and the Chiefs.
1: That was a great game.
0: That was a phenomenal football game. And going into the I Super- love
1: the I love the offense, all the offense. I think I'm a big offense fan. I think if I had to not go to Temple, I would have gone to like a Big Twelve school so I could watch offensive <laughs> football all the time. But I, yeah, I think that. It, With these teams, I I agree. I think that this season was a great NFL Mm -hmm. season. Obviously, I mean, you liked the outcome, but um, the offense, these offensive powerhouses, these younger guys kind of getting their shot, a la Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield even. I know Mm -hmm. that they didn't really amount to anything, but for the Browns, they amounted to something. They had
0: exactly the
1: most successful season they've had in recent memory.
0: And leaving the playoffs out of it, the regular season was a moment for the NFL that's like, this is becoming interesting again. We're seeing more personality. And at the end of the day, you can you could rattle off 10, 15 players, um, whether that's uh, Jalen Ramsey talking with the media or Baker Mayfield, as you said, kind of bringing a little new life Baker, to Mayfield. the Browns. <laughs> but I think it boils down to Patrick Mahomes. And I don't want to overhype this guy because it's only his first year as a starter. But Patrick Mahomes is almost changing the way, changing the landscape of the way football is played. And you have a guy like Tony Romo who's changing the way we watch football.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's funny because I, I agree with you with how Patrick Mahomes is changing the way that the game is played. Because, like, now, like, you read, like, when you read about draft things, I'm re- I'm obviously reading about draft things as a Giants fan right now. Because... Sure. Who are we going to choose? Dwayne Haskins. Um, <laughs> but people are saying that he's going to pull a Patrick Mahomes. He's going to sit behind Eli Manning, Alex Smith.
0: It's like Patrick Mahomes and Sean McVay are the future of the NFL. And every if you guys know them, if you have said, yeah. have you shaken their hand? We want That's you. That's
1: funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like every, every – person who's worked under a Sean McVay offense has a head coaching job right now, Matt LaFleur. <laughs> so, so
0: we're starting to get a little more creativity from the quarterback position based on Patrick Mahomes displaying these no-look passes or getting creative outside the pocket with his, with his offhand. There is that tiny bit of social media beef. Um, so is the NFL becoming fun again?
1: I think so. I think that they're kind of taking a page from the NBA's book. I think everybody's trying to kind of model themselves around the NBA, which is funny.
0: I saw a tweet this morning. I'm 90 percent sure it was Jamal Adams. And he said "The NBA, something to the thought of the NBA is just dope. The NBA culture is dope. And when when you see guys from the NFL speak with high praise to a different league and, you know, look inward and say, this is something we want. We want more of a culture. And at the end of the day, to make a professional sports league, quote unquote, fun, you need that culture. And as you alluded to before with content, you need the the culture and the content to work cohesively. They can't be two separate entities. You need them to work together to to get the best product, to get the best result. Mm -hmm. And that all ties in to the commissioner. Adam Silver is a young guy's commissioner and a player's commissioner, whereas Roger Goodell is the old man that isn't exactly taking care of the fans and the players. Yeah,
1: and I think even you could bring in the NBA model quote unquote we'll call it um even with like how trades and free agency work in there like i don't know like the the mo the earliest big move free agency that i could think of was like the whole thing when like lebron was broadcasting where he was gonna be going Mm -hmm. it was an espn special i remember it vividly and that even i almost went to
0: that the mlb story for another day though
1: okay the mlb is kind of taking a nod from that. Like mm-hmm. I said on my show with Brock and Dan last week, I think that this Bryce Harper Manny Machado saga right now is very NBA.
0: Amazing. It's, Best thing that could possibly happen for the MLB. Oh, I had yeah. this discussion with Chris Kofsky after. It's we having spoke.
1: a it's having a very social, it's a very social media driven saga right now, mm-hmm. which is I think I said to Brock and Dan, "Do I necessarily agree with it? No, because I'm a baseball purist. I'm an old fashioned baseball fan. Yep. But I think it's great for the MLB, kind of moving into they're they're getting so so much buzz around it. The MLB has never ever been this followed in the off season and in, in spring training. Exactly. And then with the NFL, now Roger Goodell decides he wants to let players kind of express themselves like you saw the my my cleats my cause thing i know they do that every year but it was a little more vamped up this year kind of uh kind of like the bat um when players do stuff on their basketball shoes yeah yeah um that used to be something that roger goodell cut down on but now he's kind of promoting it as a marketing standpoint and then the touchdown dances too
0: giving the players a chance to let their personalities show is a huge part of the success of the league and the success of an individual organization, the success of a player. And I know you do have to run in a couple minutes, but I want to kind of wrap up with one last point. It seems like soccer fandom or football is a step above American sports. Uh, I was reading an article the other day called Why There's No Such Thing as a Bad World Cup, and I came across a really good quote football remains an experience of association of collaborative patterns of play on the pitch and habits of sociability among supporters and i think that doesn't that could not wrap up this idea of what makes a league fun better because fifa is one of the most corrupt organizations in sports yet football as a sport and as a fandom is you know a a separate entity and on a whole nother level than american sports it's a culture it's a community and it's not even necessarily the content they're putting out, but it's just a different environment that they're holding. And these fans, as you were saying with yeah. New York baseball, uh, for you, Eileen, it's it's a different world. It's your entire life. Oh, yeah. It's your passion. They, it's they, everything. If
1: you ever look into those documentaries out there, there are like religious wars of soccer yep. fandom over in on um, the U.K. and Europe.
0: It's crazy. So impact that impact of money and the impact of wealth, it, in FIFA or in soccer, it doesn't feed into that fan experience. They're kept separate. They're yeah. kept as two different things. Uh, whereas we see across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and NHL, sometimes they start to intertwine and overlap. Eileen, thank you so much thank for coming. Thank you, on Sam. The Cone I'm Zone so today. sorry I had to cut it short. It's very much okay. I we had some great stuff to talk about. I really appreciate you coming on. So what makes a league fun? Content. It's all about the content. Eileen, thank you so much. No problem. Any last words? Thank
1: you, Sam. Uh, go else.